when a lead comes in, you have 30 seconds to follow up with that lead. And every second after that, you are losing the chance to work with that person. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fund That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fund That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times given us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We don't get into any fluff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. With us today, we have the founder of WeBuyHouses.com and FastHomeOffer.com. How are you doing, Jeremy Brandt? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit more about Jeremy. He is a sought-after expert and speaker in real estate investing. As I mentioned, he's the founder of WeBuyHouses.com and FastHomeOffer. He is one of the most recognized speakers, and he has actually built the We Buy Houses brand into one of the most recognized names in the real estate investing business. He's based in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, my hometown. And you can check out the website at obviously webuyhouses.com. With that being said, Jeremy, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure, I'd love to. And thanks for the time today. Um, my background is really centered around technology and marketing. So back before I got into real estate and flipping houses, I was doing a lot of things with internet startups in the late 90s. And the businesses that we have now are a combination of those things. And so what we're really the best in the world at is the marketing side of real estate investing. So helping real estate investors find properties to buy that they can then fix up and sell or wholesale or do whatever they're going to do. So we run one of the largest lead generation companies for investors in the country, which is Fast Home Offer. And then We Buy Houses was really built to give investors a national reputable brand they can operate their business around. All right. So Fast Home Offers, how to get the leads. We Buy Houses would be, is that a franchise? It's not a franchise. It's what's called a brand license. And the main difference is that we look for experienced real estate investors that want to scale up their business. Most franchises are focused at finding either novice investors or people that were doing something else and want to become an investor and training them on the franchise system. So we work with large, successful guys that are just looking for a way to scale up their business through 
a national brand, turnkey marketing, and we have TV spots and billboards and all those types of things. And experienced investors kind of come into that system so they can grow their business. Okay. And how do you make money on the brand license and how much does it cost? On the We Buy Houses side, a brand license up front to purchase the license. One of the things that we do that's really neat is it's an exclusive territory. So the problem with a lot of other systems out there is that you might have multiple people in the same market competing over leads or pooling ad funds, but then competing over deals. And so we sell a territory exclusively. An exclusive license might be anywhere from ten to $40,000 to own that particular market with webuyhouses.com. And then our only other revenue is a flat monthly fee that somebody pays to maintain that license that might be a few thousand dollars. Um, after that, all of the services we provide as a part of that license, which are extensive, are all included in that. So we have a full marketing department that executes direct mail and TV campaigns and billboard buys and those types of things and is constantly producing new marketing materials for the licensees in the webuyhouses.com system. And the licensee pays for the placement costs, but not the team to coordinate. Is that correct? Right. So we're really kind of back office support for real estate investors. Our big idea was that most real estate investors, their best time spent is either out in front of home sellers talking to them. That's their highest value activity. Or as they scale up, it's being strategic about what they're doing with their business and that we could outsource a lot of the marketing functions for them because we do it at a national level. And so they pay whatever the direct costs of advertising are. We don't mark them up. And if they want to do their own marketing in their own area with their own vendors, they're welcome to do that. But we have the staff to, for example, if somebody said, I want to send out 20,000 pieces of direct mail every month to this specific list, they would give that to our marketing team and we would just execute on that every month for them. And they would pay for whatever the cost of the direct mail is, but not for the guys that are managing it for them. You said exclusive territories. How large is the territory? We have people that have all different sizes. Generally, it's a few counties. So as I said, we typically work with larger, more experienced investors that this is their full-time gig. This is their business that they're building. They probably have four or five employees as part of the business. And so people that are operating at that scale usually cover a metropolitan area. So you know, in Dallas-Fort Worth, that'd be four or five counties. In other areas, it might be one county. In the East Coast, it might be five or six counties because the counties are relatively small. But generally, especially if you're going to do television advertising, you want to cover a pretty broad area with your license because you want to include the reach of local television. And thinking about your companies, if it were a pie chart, what percent makes up from a profitability standpoint for your companies? What's the largest slice of pie? From a revenue standpoint, our lead generation business is by far the largest, but it's also been around much longer. So I started that business in 2003. We were one of the first people on the internet marketing to connect with motivated home sellers as real estate investors. And so that business is fairly large. We work with thousands of investors all over the US, Canada, Australia. I work with about 10,000 home sellers every month that we refer out to those investors. So that is the largest, but We Buy Houses has been growing quickly. That's been around for, uh, we bought the company about five years ago, and we've been building it since then. So it's the fastest growing company, but from a revenue standpoint, it's not the largest yet. And the lead generation business that you're referring to is the Fast Home Offer, correct? Correct. Yeah. Fast Home Offer. We started in 2003. Okay. So you started, it was that you created from scratch, Fast Home Offer? Yeah, I started that out of my bedroom in my small house when I was flipping houses. Quickly, my background was technology. And so when the internet market crashed in the early 2000s, I got into flipping houses in Dallas-Fort Worth. 
and just started applying my tech background to figuring out how to find deals and how to do things differently. I started doing a lot of online marketing and SEO and pay-per-click advertising, and that very quickly became the lead generation business. So I love real estate and flipping houses, but as a tech guy, doing the marketing and lead generation side of things really appealed to me for other investors all over the country. So what are some effective tactics? I mean, you just mentioned two or three that you've seen employed time and time again for getting leads. The struggle is it is expensive to generate leads right now. As you know, we're in a super competitive real estate market in most parts of the country right now. And so certainly internet marketing is one of the most effective things that you can do. The reason I love internet marketing is that the person has already showed intent. Most types of marketing, you're blasting out to a huge group and hoping that somebody responds. With internet marketing, they're already looking for you as a solution. And if you kind of present your message correctly, they're going to connect you and already be motivated to sell their house. I think that's one of the most effective things. We still do a ton of direct mail. I find find that to be very effective. Mainly the difference between success and failure for most people on direct mail is their list, targeting a really specific list of people so you don't spend too much sending direct mail to people that don't care about it. We've experimented with a lot of other types of things, Facebook and Instagram and kind of any new marketing channel we typically test out. We haven't found it's been super successful for finding home sellers, although it's fairly good for finding people that want to buy your house because as an investor, you can put pictures of rehabbed properties and those types of things up and people like to browse those and get some interest in the property. But on the motivated seller side, we haven't found much success there. That is very logical on the Facebook and Instagram comment. You mentioned earlier internet marketing most effective and in my mind, I group Facebook and Instagram in as internet marketing because they're on the internet. So help me understand your definition of internet marketing so that I know when you say that's been the most effective, what we're specifically talking about. That's a great point of differentiation. I should have made that clear. Maybe a better way to separate it would be pay-per-click marketing or pay-per-click advertising and social media advertising. So on the pay-per-click and to a lesser degree, search engine optimization, those two things somebody goes to the internet and types in, sell my house fast for cash, they've shown intent and they've shown that they're the exact type of customer that you want to have if you're a real estate investor and you're a home buyer. On social media, you have a ton of power to do demographic-based targeting, age, area, things they've clicked on, things they've liked, those types of things. But you can't do keyword-based advertising very effectively. And so we found lots of success on the pay-per-click side, although it's expensive. Success on the social media side, mostly on the home selling rather than the home buying side of marketing. What do you focus on right now with your companies? How do you spend your time? I try to focus most of my time. I think anybody that runs a business will know that you kind of get pulled back into things, but it's really focusing on the strategic side of the business. So when you first start a business, you're doing everything. Every little detail of the business has to be handled by you. But as you start to scale that business up, you find people to put in the key roles. And really to grow a business effectively, the leader has to take a step back and think about leading the organization rather than operating the organization. And that's really what I try to spend a lot of my time doing, looking down the road a couple of years, thinking about where we want to be and how we want to structure things and kind of putting a vision out there for our team so that they can go execute that. Okay. So what does that look like on a day-to-day basis exactly? So on a day-to-day basis, I try to spend time reading. I think the other struggle of being a business owner is you can really get caught up in busy work. And so I, I try to carve out specific time where either I close my office door and I'm, and I'm reading or spending time thinking about a particular problem and how to work through it, or I leave the office and go to 
Starbucks or somewhere where I can read and reflect and kind of think on what's happening in the future. And then really thinking about for our employees how to develop them and grow them as people and give them the opportunities that they want so they enjoy working here and feel like they're part of something that's growing and is successful. So on a day-to-day basis, it really varies a lot from kind of having meetings and working with people to working on strategic partnerships with other people in the industry to just sitting down quietly and reflecting and thinking about what are we going to do three years from now. You mentioned thinking about a particular problem and how to work through it. What's a recent problem that you came across with your company or companies and how'd you work through it? That's the fun of having a company is there's a never ending line of of (laughs) problems. One of our biggest struggles right now on the lead generation side is that the cost of advertising has just absolutely skyrocketed to the point where many people are finding it to be unprofitable to do advertising. And the struggle is that you have so many novice real estate investors coming into the market that might have a lot of money, but might not understand advertising metrics. And so they'll dump a bunch of money into advertising, which drives the price up for everybody. And as an advertiser, we can't outbid them because we know that it's unprofitable to do so. And so it's kind of like the problem that you have at the courthouse steps where new investors come in, bid the price of a home up over its value can't outbid them. So you just have to walk away having not bought a house and knowing that they're going to lose money six months from now. And sometimes you have to just kind of step back and let that problem work itself out. The way that we have worked a lot to resolve some of those issues is finding less traditional forms of marketing niches that people aren't doing a lot of advertising in so that we can reduce our cost while some of the other channels like pay-per-click advertising, which is hyper-competitive, kind of works itself out. And what are some of the effective less traditional ones you've seen? We do a lot of things that people don't think work. For example, one of the things that we do is we're in nearly every single yellow page of the United States with a half a page display ad for advertising. Yellow pages is definitely a dying advertising channel, but at least for us, it's been incredibly effective because you get a lot of elderly, non-tech savvy people. So you're not in a super competitive situation with 15 other real estate investors. And it's a lot of people that have older rundown houses that need a lot of repairs, which is exactly what investors are working for. So the yellow pages side advertising is one example of something that we've done that most investors aren't doing at all anymore. And you mentioned strategic partnerships with other people in the industry and thinking through that. What's the latest strategic partnership or one that you can think of that has generated results for both sides? On the strategic side, we're always looking for ways to work with people that everybody walks away smiling with the deal. So an example of what we've done with some coaches in the real estate agent space. So we mostly work with investors, but we work a lot with real estate agents on the lead generation side because if a seller is not going to sell their house to an investor, they're most likely going to list it with a real estate agent. And so we've formed some partnerships with real estate coaches who signed up as customers and really got to believe in our product and it made them a lot of money. And they go out and really recommend our program to their coaching clients and, and talk about the differences made in their life and send customers to us and uh, we send them referral fees for a business. They would do it without the referral fees, but we think it's fair to do that type of a thing. And so those type of relationships in the industry, we do a lot of. We don't do kind of info marketing, product promotion kind of stuff, but if we've used somebody's product and we love it and we think it's great, we love to talk about it. If our program has really helped somebody, and made them successful, then we'd love to form a partnership with them. So a lot of that type of stuff. Do you advertise your licensing side of the business, the We Buy Houses business for 
others to license it. Do you do advertising and marketing for your own company? We do it very specifically. So again, targeted marketing is, I think, the most successful type of marketing. So on the brand license side, the primary way that we market it is not broadly. We identify large real estate investors that we want to work with, and we either send them email or direct mail or call them more traditional marketing methods because the pool of people who would want to license the We Buy Houses brand is relatively small. And so we really focus on identifying our prime customer and then contacting them. You know, most people aren't out looking for a new brand for their business. And so whatever kind of product you have, that's it's a struggle if you are offering something that people aren't quite looking for yet or don't realize the value. Unlike somebody who's selling their house that knows exactly what problem they're trying to solve. So we tend to do a lot of reaching out specifically to people, spending a lot of time talking to them about what we're doing and our vision for the brand and where we're going. And that's really how we market a lot more directly than running TV ads or advertising in magazines, that type of thing. And I assume even those individuals who you reach out to with a phone call or an email, some of them, if not a lot of them, still initially didn't know that they were looking for a new brand to buy into, to license. So how do you overcome that? Because that is a lot of companies' problems. My brother has a company called Door Devil, based at Dallas-Fort Worth, actually, in, in your backyard, where... He sells door reinforcement so no one can kick down your front door. And he works with investors and other homeowners. But the challenge he has is the one you just described where you likely won't be buying his product until your neighbor or, God forbid, you get your door kicked in by someone. It's like, oh, my door isn't reinforced. So it's a very tough dilemma that he's having to overcome with his company. And you just described the same thing. So I imagine other entrepreneurs and investors and business owners have that. So how do you overcome that problem? That's a great question. And I think from a strategy standpoint, the best way to do something like that, where you've got a, you're solving a problem that somebody doesn't know they have is to clearly articulate the problem as it's relevant to them and then describe how you can provide a solution. So you hear all the ads for Ring Video Doorbell, and they do a really good job of most people didn't feel like they needed a video camera at their front door, but then they talk about packages being stolen and some of these other issues that a lot of people have probably faced or are afraid of facing, and then that product is the solution. So I think they've done a great job from a marketing standpoint in that area. The way that we frame that up is most investors, I think, don't realize how much business they lose because of how cluttered the marketplace is, that there are so many real estate investors out there and so many real estate brands that the average home seller, when it comes time to sell their house, they don't really recognize very many brands. There's probably a couple of brands they recognize out there. Webuyhouses.com is one. There's some franchises that are national that are others. And so what happens is investors get some calls. They go out maybe and look at the house and they don't get the deal and they don't know why. And we've found is that if you can in the mind of the consumer, create a reputable brand that they trust, they're much more likely to do business with that person than they would somebody else that has some brand that they've never heard of or don't associate with. And that most investors have inconsistent marketing and lose out on a lot of opportunity because they're not consistent with their marketing. And so one of the things that we do when somebody licenses our brand is we kind of give them the tools to easily do consistent marketing where it just happens every single month and they're spending their time following up on leads and working with home sellers, not at the first of the month deciding, am I going to do direct mail or pay-per-click or 
a TV commercial, we take that off of their plate and automate it for them so that they can focus on following up with sellers. So if you kind of frame it that somebody is losing business by not doing this and it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to really build a brand in most local markets, those things start to make what we're doing very, very compelling. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. What is your best advice ever for real estate investors? Uh, My best advice ever, we have worked with literally millions of home sellers over the last 13 years or however long we've been in business, 15 years. And the number one problem that I see with real estate investors and real estate agents is poor follow-up. We'll spend hundreds of dollars to generate a lead that's a truly motivated home seller that we connect with an investor or an agent. And if the agent doesn't call them back quickly, and I'm not talking about an hour, I mean five minutes, two minutes, three minutes, that home seller is now looking for somebody else to solve their problem. And once they find it, they're not interested in talking to you anymore. And so if if I could give one piece of advice to every real estate investor from the brand new novice to the most experienced guy out there, it's when a lead comes in, you have 30 seconds to follow up with that lead. And every second after that, you are losing the chance to work with that person. And we've seen that over and over and over again. There have been scientific studies in the industry and other types of leads. But if you don't follow up with somebody in 30 seconds, especially if it came in online, all of your competitors are right next to you and it's too easy for somebody to contact somebody else while you're researching property values, looking on the MLS, looking at Google Maps, all the stuff that you do before you contact somebody. I would say the second a lead comes in, pick up the phone, call them, start to build rapport, engage with them, and do all of your research after the fact. Mm. Ready for the best ever lightning round? All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. A good mentor can hold the keys to your real estate investing success. I've seen that firsthand with my own real estate career. Whether you're just getting started in investing or have experience, a mentor is a must. Learn the secrets of real estate investing with Peter Vexelman at coachingbypeter.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G-B-Y-P-E-T-E-R.com. Best ever book you've read? Uh, Best ever book is um, 4-Hour Workbook by Tim Ferriss. Best ever personal growth experience, what'd you learn from it? I've taken some amazing leadership development classes. I think the number one personal growth thing I've learned over the last 10 years is meditation. It really helps calm the mind and focus on what's important. And how do you practice your meditation? Well, so I mentioned earlier about how I'll close the office door or I'll go somewhere. Uh, Many times it's just sitting in my chair still for one minute or two minutes focusing on breathing. There's nothing kind of mystical or magical about it. It's purely the chance to kind of slow your mind down, get the cobwebs out. You can really, really focus on things. And I'll just do it sitting in my office with the door closed. Best ever deal you've done? Um, Best ever deal I did was I bought a company in uh, 2007-ish called 1-800-CASH-OFFER that we bought and we were able to negotiate really favorable terms around the purchase and turned into a pretty decent company before the real estate market crashed. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I love to volunteer in the entrepreneur community. So I'm very involved in a group called Entrepreneurs Organization. I volunteer 
a ton of time with that group. I mentor a lot of up-and-coming entrepreneurs, people that have startups. And to me, it, it matches up my passion for business with opportunity to give back to the community and help other people that are going to be creating jobs in the future. And what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in business or real estate investing? <laughs> How long do we have? <laughs> is that another episode? Yeah, that might be episode two. The biggest mistake, you know, I, I don't know. I think um, I would say the biggest mistake is really just not focusing on the big picture. I think it's easy to get kind of down in the details of things and sometimes taking a step back and focusing on the big picture is really important. I mentioned the 1-800 cash offer company that we bought. It was a great deal when we bought it, but three years later, the real estate market crashed and we lost a ton of money on the deal. And so that experience taught me a lot more to look into the future. When the real estate market's hot, it's great, but I saw dozens of my friends go bankrupt that had millions and millions of dollars the year before when the real estate market crashed. And it's really taught me that in the highs, you have to be cautious and be looking forward and preparing for the lows. That evens everything out. So how are you preparing for the lows right now? We're definitely in a hot, hot real estate cycle. We know that in the next three to five years, that's definitely going to slow down. And so what we spend a lot of time doing in our business is thinking about how are we going to act when it slows down, right? Are we not buying huge office space? Are we not having too many employees? Are we putting systems and processes in place that we can scale back when the real estate market changes? And what are other areas of business that we can get into that are counter cyclical? So if the real estate market slows down, which it certainly will at some point, what else can we be doing that we can start now that is counter cyclical to that and that will continue to generate revenue when the revenue goes down on the real estate side, which it absolutely will if the cycles play through. So we've got a couple of startups that we're working on on the technology side of things that are complementary to real estate, but the customer base is much larger than the real estate community. And that's part of our strategy of continuing to work in the real estate market, but also knowing that we need some other things that aren't purely real estate focused. Are you at a point now where you can talk about one of those? We don't have it launched yet. I will say that it really goes back to what my number one tip was, which is one of the biggest problems that we see with real estate investors and agents is lack of follow-up. It's not following up quickly with people that want to sell their house or with whatever your client is. And especially for the solo entrepreneurs, not presenting a super professional kind of opening to somebody that calls you. So the call is coming into your cell phone and you answer it, hello, instead of your business name in a very professional manner. All of that is off-putting to your clients. And so we're building a lot of technology around automating that process. So even as a solo entrepreneur, you can present a very, very professional presence and you can have very fast and effective follow-up with whoever your clients are. I think I know this answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? If people would like to reach me, they can email jeremy at jeremybrandt.com or I'm at jeremybrandt on Twitter. Okay, cool. And then also, what's the best company website to go to to check out more? If you're a real estate agent or a real estate investor, go to fasthomeoffer.com. If you're looking to buy leads, we sell 10,000 leads a month to real estate investors and agents. And if you're a large investor that's looking to scale up your brand, webuyhouses.com. All right. Well, Jeremy, thanks for being on the show talking about how you've built your business from a technology standpoint and background and applied that to the real estate investing space, how you have had success in the less traditional channel of Yellow Pages makes a whole lot of sense with the elderly and non-tech savvy people. 
looking at that still, even though, as you said, Yellow Pages certainly is still dying. There is an opportunity to be effective there, as well as the overall approach that you take to solving a problem that some people might not necessarily know they have. And that is an evergreen solution that you mentioned, which is how to solve that is to articulate very clearly the problem as it's related to them and then talk about the solution and being crystal clear. And you mentioned the video doorbell example there. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. Got tons of notes from our conversation and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. It was a pleasure talking to you. A good mentor can hold the keys to your real estate investing success. I've seen that firsthand with my own real estate career. Whether you're just getting started in investing or have experience, a mentor is a must. Learn the secrets of real estate investing with Peter Vexelman at coachingbypeter.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G-B-Y-P-E-T-E-R.com.